continuing with our series, Mission, Partners in Mission. So over the last couple of weeks, presumably, you've been having like discussions and talks about being partners in mission. Um, so it's a brilliant series. And it's just, it's an amazing opportunity for us to like reassess like who we are and what, what we're about basically, what you're about, what this community's about, what we're about as a church. And, um, and so you probably already have spent a bit of time looking at Matthew 28, but I want to just read that because there's something about being um, a partner in mission that when we receive Jesus as the Lord of our life, we are saying, Jesus, we want to, we are wanting to get involved in your mission. So saying, Lord, you are the Lord of my life, we automatically become part of the mission of God. So if you don't know part of the mission of God, then don't make Jesus the Lord of your life, basically. So we are in the mission of God by saying, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And part of that um, is the commission that Jesus brought to us in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go and make disciples. So in verse... So starting from verse 18, it says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, I mean, I love that bit as well where it says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We know, don't we, that the fact that Jesus rose again from the grave, that he will always be alive. He's always around. So it's so true that he has the authority to be with us to the very end of the age. Whatever we're doing, wherever we're going, he is with us. And he has given us the authority. He has commissioned us to go and make disciples. So, our mission, if you choose to accept it, is to go and make disciples. So, everyone, like I said, um, who accepts Jesus becomes a partner in that mission. And we have to work out together what it is that we have to do as part of that mission. How do we work together? How do we come together and be part of that mission? How do we use our different skills and wisdom and all of that? How do we bring that together and use that together as one to complete that mission? I don't know about you, I love watching um, movies like Mission Impossible and Heroes all go out there to combat whatever it is that they're going to, and they always have this mission and there's always an enemy, isn't there, that's trying to like, come against them to stop them from doing this mission. But what's, what's amazing is like, when you see some of these like, heroes going out there to complete the mission, the ones that are most successful are those that, that work in team. It's like really exciting, isn't it, when you see teamwork working together. And they've all got different skills. They've all got different giftings and wisdom. And they come together and they work together as a team. And you see how they're working together can actually achieve the mission that they're set out on. And it's actually really exciting to watch. I love watching those kind of things. So a strong, tight-knit team will occasionally also challenge one another as well. 
so important that we are able to be those that can trust one another. There has to be a high level of trust where we feel like we've got each other's back. We know that we're being supported. We know that we're being encouraged. We know that we're there for one another. And that's really, really important. And the mission depends on it. The mission depends that on us being able to trust one another, to feel like we're there for one another. In 1 Peter 2, um, oh, there you go. See, I'm not really very good at this, am I? <laughs> I can't remember what slides I've got. Um, so in 1 Peter 2, it talks about how we are built together um, like living stones into a spiritual house to be a holy priestess, offering spiritual sacrifices to God. And at the end of that passage, it talks about how we were once not a people, but now we are a people. Isn't that beautiful that God calls us together so that we are a people, so that we are one? We are supposed to do this as a team. We're supposed to do this as one. So the church has never been about, about steeples or buildings or bricks and mortar or anything like that. And, and a lot of us know that. We know that. But I think sometimes we need to try and remember, like, well, what is the church? Actually, it's us. It's the people. We're here to be one. We're here to work as a team because we are on the same mission together. We become partners in mission. So you become a partner in God's mission. In the book of Nehemiah, um, in the Bible, it tells us a story about a man named Nehemiah who is an Israelite official serving in the Persian government. And when he hears about the ruined state of the walls in Jerusalem, he is, um, he is upset by that and he starts to pray and the king says to him, what's the matter? And, and, so, and then the king, when he hears about it, he sends him off with resources and says, you know, you go and do what you need to do. And he goes off to, to, and starts planning on how to rebuild this wall. And the mission was to create this fortified wall around Jerusalem. Um, the way Nehemiah did this was by giving different families the responsibility to protect and build different parts of the wall. And as each family built their section of the wall around the, the city, it became strengthened and built up because everyone was like doing their bit. And in Nehemiah 3, you can read about all the different families and all the different sections of the wall that they were building. But I want us to read together Nehemiah um, 4. Um, so if you want to turn to your Bibles, oh, actually, I'm just going to be up there, isn't it? So if we, um, yeah, if you want to turn to your Bibles, we'll look at Nehemiah 4. And I'm going to read it all. It is quite a big section. So I hope you've got your good listening ears. Um, right. When... Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall. So Sanballat was the governor of Samaria and he was the sworn enemy of the Jews. He really did not like the Jews. Anything that the Jews was doing, he wanted to come against them. So when Sanballat heard that um, we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. 
And in the presence of his associates and, and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah, uh, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing on it would break down their walls of their wall of stones. So this is so typical of the enemy just coming against the people, coming, and we have this, the people of God has the, an enemy that will constantly tell you that what you're building is rubbish, that what you're doing is hopeless, it's rubbish. Why even bother? It's too difficult. It's too, like, you can't even, how are you going to do this? And, and he will ridicule you. He will, like, try and pull you down, tear you down. So this is like just like what we can experience today as well as what the Jews experienced when they were trying to build this wall. So Nehemiah prays, he says, Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. They all plotted it together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is given out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it, our seers, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to the work. So the Jews were starting to get um, a bit scared. They were getting a bit upset and downtrodden. And they were starting to feel a bit like, I don't know if we can do this. This is really difficult. This, is really, this mission that we're on is just really, really hard and tough. Are we even in fear of the enemy? Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our work. From that day on, Half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah. All the people of Judah who were building the wall. 
And those who carried the materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. I love this bit where it says, like, we're all spread out, um, but you're going to protect your part of the wall. You're going to stand there with your sword and, and your tools to build the wall. But when we need you, when the enemy attacks us at certain points of the wall, we're going to sound this trumpet and we want you all to come and help us in the fight. So they're there supporting one another as well as protecting their own part of the wall. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn to the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, let every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so that they can serve as a guard by night and as workers by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. So they continued to carry their weapon, whatever they were doing, day and night, whether they were building the wall or whether they were guarding the wall, whether they went for water, whether they were resting, they, were have, they had their weapons with them to protect the wall and to protect those that were building the wall. Um... You know, just as there are many sections of the wall, there is only one wall. Just as many, there are many churches, there is only one church. We are all on the same mission to build this wall together. Um, the, we're all on the same mission, being part of the church together, making disciples together. So we're all playing our part in God's mission to go and make disciples and we do this by building our section of the wall. There is also something spiritual going on. There's a spiritual warfare going on to stop us from doing this, to stop us from completing this mission. So not only are we to, to build and to defend, but we are supposed to be in this together to protect one another, to have each of us back. You know, what a day that will be when we all get to stand back and look at all the things that we've achieved together. When it all comes together with all the church of the body of Jesus Christ, when we all be able to come back and say, that's the bit that I did. That's the bit that I was involved in. And this is going to be such a precious, precious day. So what is our part? What is the part of the wall that we are building? You know, we have a trowel in one hand. We have a sword in the other to defend the mission and to accomplish the mission. So what is it that we're assigned to? So King's Church mission statement is, King's Church exists to establish communities of missional disciples bringing kingdom transformation across greater Manchester and beyond. So I've got some questions for us to like look at, to discuss together. Um, so we can do that all together. We can just like hopefully 
it's comfortable just saying what you think. So I've got three questions um, to discuss. Um, and the idea is like, it's thinking about how the tools for building and the sword for fighting and defending. And so the first one is, um, what does it look like for you as an individual? The next one will be, what does it look like for you as a group of people? What does it look like for you in South Manchester, the community South Manchester? But this first one is, what does it look like for you as an individual to build or play your part to make disciples? Where you get to work out what it looks like to use your unique gifts, wisdom, and experiences. Okay, so so what do you think? Do you think about you as an individual? What does it look like for you to play your part, to build, to make disciples, to use your unique gifts and talents and wisdom and experiences? And I've got any thoughts? Okay. If you put your hand up and I'll bring the mic to you so it can be recorded. Anyone got any thoughts? About what's it look like for you as an individual? Maybe in your workplace. Maybe in, I don't know, in your streets or the things. You know, every single one of us here in this room, we spend so much more time with other people in our workplaces, doing different things than we do when we're all together. Um, okay, Rachel. Um, yeah, I suppose I was thinking about, um, uh, yeah, just kind of being ready to invite people that I work with to stuff that we're doing as a, as a church and being willing to talk about what's happening. <coughs> in my life as as part of this community to the people who I work with or who I meet um but also like when I suppose this might be going to the next section actually <laughs> but whenever um like any of us like maybe invite people to stuff like when we had our barbecue just as me as an individual making sure that I'm ready to to make them feel welcome and to talk to them and to support uh, everyone else in the community who's doing that with their people that they know I suppose I was thinking that that's really that's yeah, it's really good. <coughs> Anyone else gonna thoughts? Um Matthew said last week in his sermon, if I remember rightly, um when you lived at university and you were in a household of non Christians and you were the Christian, you were pretty much judged every day. And sometimes our workplaces can be like that too. Um and I'm, I sense that at my own workplace, not in a negative way, but when it talks about building, I just think about actually building people up. So the words that I say to my colleagues, um, to students, actually that's where I can play my part in building, is by being positive, um, being friendly, um, being strong at the right times, but doing it hopefully in the, in the right way. Um, so whilst it might feel that people are constantly looking in, I just also think that that's something that I can do that's positive is just do what Jesus would want to do 
in a workplace, but try and build people up through that. Thank you. Anyone else got any thoughts? Um, so the next one is it's the same question, but it's about us as a group, and it does sort of go into like what you, Rachel, was saying. It's like what we do individually does then start feeding into what we do as a group. So, what does it look like for you as a group um, to build and play your part as in making disciples? And how is that different? What's it look like for you for Stockport community? What does that if you're playing your part in building as the community here, what what could that look like? Um, I think we're quite a hopeful community. So we've, we're planning things in the future and we plan it knowing that, oh, well, we don't just need it for 22 people or 23 people. Let's, let's, make sure that there's enough beds in our church weekend away so that there's, we can invite somebody else. Um, there's, so I think there's hope. Um, I also think that um, we're very good at eating uh, and we're very good at being hospitable. And, uh, you know, Mel really gifts us as a community and we all chip in at times um, to be able to support that. But I think we can't underestimate the power of hospitality um, and when we are at our most hospitable, which usually involves food, that seems to be when we are more comfortable or when the opportunity comes to invite people in. So on the, the high feast days of the church, so things like Easter, Christmas and things like that, they happen to be feast days as in foodie days um, at church. And I kind of think that's when we can invite our or when it's easier maybe to invite people to church because sharing food and space also allows us to share conversations together and, and kind of just give that opportunity for community. Um, so it might not necessarily answer the question, but I do think the more secure and the more hospitable we are together as a community, the more, the more outward thinking we can be as a community and, and invite people in because I think it's easier to say, come to church, we're having cake. Um, then, and I don't know why it's easier than saying, come to church, you can meet God. You can meet Jesus. Jesus can be your friend. Because actually Jesus is a, is a transformational one, isn't it? Eating cake isn't necessarily the healthiest and the right thing to do. But actually, come to, come to church and have cake seems to be easier. So maybe we need to either have cake a lot more, more cake, or we need to kind of, yeah, be looking for ways that we can be... Um, hospitable I like that because it's because basically what you're saying is one of the unique gifts is this as a community is that hospitality having nice cakes and eating together and and that is that's a way that you can like um make disciples as a community um so so the first like two questions are a bit like so how do we like get the tools out to build this wall. So I guess this one is a bit more about the sword. How do we fight? What does it look like to fight? Um, what does it look like for you to, as a group to fight and to defend? And what does it look like for you as an individual to fight and to defend? What, what got any thoughts on that? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I was just um, on the back of the last question, but it fits into this really. I, was, I don't think we can underestimate the um, the power of kind of um, just supporting one another in prayer and just particularly the opportunities that we get in our Connect group or on our WhatsApp group. If something's happening at work or we've got a relationship that's difficult, I don't know, it might not be in the workplace, but wherever, or we, you know, we're wanting to be a witness to somebody or wanting to invite somebody to something, just knowing that I can ask all of ev you guys to pray into that and, and I know that I'm not on my own. I know I'm supported by people praying for my conversation or praying for my situation or whatever. In the con I think that's just, yeah, that's part of fighting and protecting one another, actually. It's really powerful. What about as a group? Like, so that's really good because I feel like that I need that as an individual, and you need that as an individual. That we have each other's backs, that we can pray for one another, we can support one another, we can encourage one another. So, what about group? Like, what does that look like for us as a group, um, fighting and and like? So if we imagine, like, so we're part of the mission of God. So the mission of God, it's not just King's Church or South, it's not just South Manchester, but it's so much more than that, isn't there? There's something about the kingdom of God in this city. There's something about the kingdom of God in South Manchester. There's something about the people group that you're reaching. So what does that look like for you to, um, to stand together and fight for that? Uh, defend that, protect that as we're building. Any thoughts? Presumably, you get together to pray together for South Manchester and you pray like for groups of people you pray for the city you pray maybe that's some maybe that's something to be challenged about and provoked about no do we pray enough for our city do we pray for other churches in the city other communities in the city you actually took my words away judith so i was just gonna say about praying but um part part for me of this um uh whole thing about praying is the uh, encouragement that it gives to one another. Um, and I think uh, that I, I, I want to give so much encouragement to others because I think I've sort of been through quite a lot in my few years that I've had. <laughs> um, and uh, I think because of that experience, I'm able to give a lot of encouragement to people. So I think uh, that, that, that can't be underestimated what a difference that will make to, to everyone as, as, as the group together. Um, that there's, there's always someone to encourage you and fight, fight alongside you. It's good what you're saying about praying for like uh, things, you know, in the region or just kind of people we know. I guess we probably all know people maybe from other churches and stuff like that, and or know of other churches around and other communities doing stuff. So yeah, I think that's something 
we could do more of paying for that, yeah. Because yeah. in that story of Nehemiah, I love the bit where part where it talks about how like we get on with our own thing, don't we? We're building, we're protecting, we're praying for it, we're standing firm, we're fighting for this, this is what we're doing. But if there's a trumpet call down the road because there's a need, then all the people with their swords, they're going to go to defend and help them and support them. And, and so it... So this is what it's like to be part of the mission of God. It's like, it's not just about me, my thing, what I'm doing, but it's like, okay, God, what are you doing? How do I get involved in that? What does that look like? Um, so, um, so, yeah, so as followers of Jesus, we have the responsibility to go and make disciples. And your mission, if you choose to accept Jesus is to go and make disciples. Um, we are empowered children of God. We have um, Jesus with us. He is with us constantly, and he is going to help us to do this. But we also need to be there for one another. We also need to be supporting one another, praying for one another, championing one another, challenging one another, and like cheering each other on, and just like what Jim was saying, we you know, we're praying for one another, encouraging each other. Um you know, our mission field it's not just like um uh, and our, our mission field is so big and so wide and it means so much for different people. Our mission field where God has called you specifically could be where you are every single day of the week. And we can really encourage one another and pray for one another. So do you choose to accept the mission to have a sword in one hand and the tools to build in, in the other hand? Um, this is supposed to be adventurous. And I you know even like when I watch these films that are like, it looks really exciting. But I imagine like if this was actually reality, it's probably really scary to be there. And you know, but it is a great adventure. And this is what our life is. It's an adventure. And being, being a Christian doesn't mean that life is easy. It's really, really hard. You can't say to people, oh, why don't you become a Christian? Because it means that your life will be so much easier. In fact, if anything, we become part of this mission where we're going to have to do some fighting. We're going to have to do some defending. And yes, we do encounter the grace of God. We do have hope for the future. We do know healing and and restoring and grace and peace in our life and forgiveness. We do get all of that, but it isn't easy. It is hard work, and we have to be determined to be there for one another and fight for one another. Mm -hmm.